Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. And before we go to our next caller, I'm going to give away uh, some more tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. And we're going to let me think of a good question here. Let's go back to what uh, uh, Austin was talking about. One of the things he was going to talk about was how to pick out the right type of gear for your fishing. And uh, and so when what type of gear is he giving a presentation on? How do you pick out the right type of what type of fishing gear? And if you text 303-713-1043 and give us the what you think, remember what Austin said he was going to be talking about, uh, first one to text that to that number will get two tickets to the ISE. Karen will put them into, uh, into will call for you. Now let's go to the phones. And joining us from Horse Tooth Reservoir is Dan Reeves. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing good. Isn't it a beautiful day up here in the Fort Collins area? Yeah, we're really uh, fighting the spring fever today, aren't we? Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It was tough because, you know, normally I do the show 9 to 11, and I'm a fan, but because of NCAA basketball, we're on ESPN today, and then I have to do it from 10 to noon. So I'm looking out the window here thinking, I should be at least out on my patio already. But <laughs> But yeah, things right. are opening. So let's start out with what are the conditions at Horse Tooth Reservoir right now? You still got ice? What's going on? Well, we got ice uh, only on the boat ramps, of course. So Inlet Bay and South Bay still have a sheen of ice. It's changed color a lot over the last couple of days. I think today's going to help with that direct sunlight on it. And we're supposed to get a little bit of wind with that front coming in on Monday. So I think we'll get it cleared off here in the next few days. Well, I think you're, you're getting ready was, if I'm right, April 1st is when you plan on opening your boat ramps. Yep. We'll be opening the South Bay boat ramp at horse tooth and the North Pines boat ramp at Carter Lake on April 1st. So you'll start out with one ramp. What kind of hours will they have? So those ramps will be open 7 to 7 for the month of April. And then in May, you go to more ramps and more hours. By the by the way, this yep, is a good time. Go you... our... Yeah, then we go, go to ahead. our 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Now, by the way, you were telling me, and I kind of teased it, that you could still probably use some more staff for your ANS inspections. Is that right? You know, all of our positions... Uh, have some availability. We're actually going to be doing a virtual hiring event Tuesday, March 22nd at 1 p.m., and folks can pre-register for that. Um, One of the ways to do that is either through our Facebook page, the Larimer County Department of Natural Resources Facebook page, or go to our main page at uh, Larimer County Natural Resources. And that will be for all kinds of park worker positions from the ANS crew to the gatehouses to the trail crews, the maintenance crews, the ranger crews, and they can pre-register for that. It's going to be like a Zoom meeting, and they can get all the information they want, and they'll just be two clicks away from a job application at that point. Well, that's awesome. That's Tuesday at what time, 1 p.m.? 1 p.m. 
on Tuesday, and it, it's uh, at the end of the segment, I'll have you give the, the websites again. But you know what I didn't do? There's always people new to the area. Why don't you give a quick description of Horsetooth and Larimer County Lakes? Right. So we are part of the Colorado Big Thompson Project that brings water from the west slope over to the east slope. Daylight's there at East Portal up there in Estes Park and comes through. And the first place it daylights for Larimer County users on the front range here is Pinewood Reservoir, which is just kind of northwest of Carter Lake and then down into Flatiron. And then the water is either pumped up the Carter Lake or flows through the feeder canal up the Horsetooth Reservoir. If you're not familiar with Horsetooth Reservoir, it's just west of the town of Fort Collins, Colorado, seven miles long. And uh, as I think Terry can attest, it's a world-class fishery. Carter Lake is just west of Berthoud, kind of southwest of Loveland, Colorado, uh, three miles long, about a mile and a half wide. And again, another phenomenal fishery. Uh, Flatiron and Pinewood are two smaller lakes. And they're more of a put-and-take trout fishery. And, you know, I was just going to say, uh, the four different lakes provide such different fishing experiences. Uh, it's really tremendous, the opportunities. Uh, everybody worries about water levels at Carter and Horsetooth. Are they looking like you're going to start out with your normal or above water levels? We're going to have, I would say, above normal water levels for the spring into the late summer so shouldn't be any issues with closures or boat ramp constraints or anything like that for the 2022 recreational season of course everybody that comes here from other parts of the country they go to fish reservoirs like horse tooth and they see the water drop goes up 10 feet or drops 15 and they go into a panic mode but that's kind of what learning to fish in mountain reservoirs is about isn't it yeah you know, we were talking the other day, it's about kind of knowing the structure and a little bit of the fish behavior. And those fish are constantly on the move and changing their forage patterns just a little bit based on that water level drop. I think of the static reservoir fishermen, or if you're used to fishing those lakes in the Midwest, you pretty much have to learn your forage and your structure. And here, that structure, if you come on you know, a Saturday in July and you come back the next Saturday and the, that rock you caught those four bass off might be daylight and out of the water by then. Well, you know, and you also, we also talked about, you know, when the water, and the water will get drawn down. That's what these reservoirs are for, their water storage. And they're going to be lower by the end of the year. That's a great time to go look at those spots that you were catching fish or weren't catching fish and kind of figure out why, isn't it? Yeah, that's a unique opportunity that these reservoirs present is really calibrating your eye from either what you're seeing on a map or seeing on your electronics to how it really looks once it's out of the water and kind of marking those places either on an old-fashioned paper map or putting those in your plotter and understanding, you know, why those fish use that piece of structure and at what time of year. Now, I want to talk a little bit about current fishing conditions because I just did a post on social media this week with Karen holding a really nice trout. She caught almost exactly this time of the year on Carter Lake, and Horsetooth can have some great shore fishing opportunities. And with the water the way it is and with the ice going off, 
there's opportunities. Uh, is there pretty good shore opportunities? Let's go through them first. How about uh, Horsetooth? Do you think it's still a little early there, or we should be getting into that now? No, I think you should be getting into it now. Arguably, this is the best time of year for shore fishing at either of the bigger bodies of water, primarily Horsetooth. A lot of those larger trout that maybe are cruising and hiding out in that deeper water during the peak of the summer are up and feeding and uh, we have a closure in the inlet for the walleye spawn that just went into effect but just prior to that just a few days ago those trout were stacked in there and they were catching some really uh, above average size fish so you know being the true cold water fish in the reservoir they are up and on the prowl and a lot more active than some of our other species are in the lake so the the fishing shore fishing at horse tooth for trout in particular is about as good as it gets right now yeah and you know it's amazing that they've started putting some trout in there again they had a while back and it's how they thrive there because when they move away from shore a little bit during the during the middle of summer but they're out there and there are some great holdover trout there's such good forage in that lake and of course carter lake is famous for its walleyes from shore this time of year too yeah you know that's still kind of one of the things that you and i'll get in trouble for as soon as we talk about it on the radio but there is some world-class walleye fishing at carter lake particularly in the shallows in low light conditions here for probably Oh, let's call it another two and a half, three weeks is the prime as those fish are coming in preparing to spawn. And there's there's some uh, monsters. There are some special regulations there, folks, so make sure you read those before you go. And I'll, I want to touch on pinewood and flat iron, too, just from the fact that I know there, you told me there may be some water uh, up and down drawdowns on pinewood, but both pinewood and flat irons can be a tremendous shore fishing experience. Of course, pinewood you can put a, a boat on, but uh, right now the, for stock trout, for people who just want to get out and catch fish, have those lakes been stocked, do you know, and how are they fishing? I don't believe they've been stocked yet the first time this spring. Uh, they do pretty well with holdover fish. They're easy to get to. Flat iron is just a great place to fish regardless of uh, your accessibility. But we do have uh, the accessible fishing pier there. It's really great for older folks or taking a kid out for their first time fishing. It's just a great experience. Pinewood is uh, just, you know, it's this high mountain lake experience just 15 minutes out of town. It's just an amazing fishery. Uh, it, the, the stock trout do really well there. And then we also have the wild card of the tiger muskies up there. Uh, there is no motorized boats anymore on Pinewood, so it's all paddle craft. Um, but it is a great canoe, kayak, paddleboard fishing lake. Well, you know, and there's so many people that are getting into the kayaks and things and starting to fish. I own a couple fishing kayaks myself. And what a great way to enjoy some of these mountain lakes and get out there in peace and quiet. And I'll tell you what, you can really get into some places and fish that you wouldn't get into with a big boat even. They're just they're just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. Before I let you go, well, I know you wanted to stress. There's two things before I let you go. I want to get back to your hiring. But before that, I know you are really wanted to stress about 
cold water safety or water safety in general with the ramps opening? Yeah, as we get into the boating season, you know, these boats have been sitting in storage and maybe the batteries aren't where they're supposed to be. Maybe some of the gear got taken off of the boat to keep it clean and to put it in storage. Just make sure we get all the PFDs back on the boat and just have a lot of respect for this cold water. And, it's, you know, we, we understand that our, our boats are not going to be in their peak uh, mechanical condition coming into the first couple of weeks. And so we anticipate, you know, a couple of people needing a tow in and those type of things are pretty benign. And that's why we're there to help people out. But if we're going to have an interface with that water, it's, It'll take your breath away. It's pretty cold, and so that safety issue is a little highlighted, and particularly for the paddle craft, just uh, make sure you have your PFD and your whistle and all the required equipment out there, and just have some respect for these springtime conditions. We'll be getting some of these fronts coming in, and it'll get really windy, and you're probably not going to get as much notice as you need. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about the cold water. If people have never fallen into water this cold, um, they'll they'll be amazed what it takes out of them. And you just you uh, hypothermia and shock and everything sets in so quickly. You can think you're a strong swimmer, but if you don't have your life jacket on, there's a real good chance you're not going to make it. You just have to wear your your flotation devices. You know, even when the water is warm, you should, but certainly when it's this cold. Last thing, why don't you go over what's going on with the hiring kind of positions and how they how they can take part. Yeah, if you're looking for some work this summer and want to work outside and kind of be in the recreational industry or maybe get your foot in the door with our organization, if you just find us either on social media as Larimer County Department of Natural Resources or on the website, you can uh, also find all of our camping information at LarimerCamping.com. But the the big push uh, this morning, I guess, is that virtual hiring event, which is Tuesday, March 22nd at 1 p.m., and you can pre-register for that. And there'll be permanent staff with the department representing each section of the department, kind of talking about the positions they have open and what the different interests and qualifications are for all of those. All right. And we forgot, I'm going to throw these in real quick. You have some new cabins up there, right? Yeah, we have two new facilities coming on board uh, this spring that we're pretty excited about. Down at Carter Lake, we have the Skyview Campground, which is a group campground. You can reserve a pod of 5, 10, or 15 sites all together, which is uh, an amenity that we just haven't had before. And then we replaced all the cabins at Horsetooth. We have five brand-new cabins at Horsetooth and South Bay that are available for reservations starting in May. All right, my friend, thank you for coming on. And as as always, if you need to get your message out, let us know anytime. All right, we appreciate you, Terry. Thanks for all you do. You bet. Dan Reeves uh, from Horsetooth Reservoir. Just uh, great recreation right in my backyard. I will tell you something, and I'm hearing this from all the parks people, not just Larimer County. It's going to be a busy parks year. Now, the shoulder seasons, like now, till we get into maybe into the middle of May, get towards Memorial Day, and then the later fall, anglers can have a better time because there's not as many of other watercraft on some of these bigger lakes. But weekends are going to be full. We have a lot of boaters. We have a lot of paddle boarders. We have a lot of craft. We have a lot of outdoor enthusiasts. So kind of plan your times and look at when they're not as busy. It makes for a 
a better time, and it kind of spreads the use out over the parks. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Brad Peterson's going to join us, and uh, we're going to go over some fishing opportunities up here in northern Colorado, or maybe Boyd Lake and a few like that. But we're also going to talk about how you can get a free fishing rod for your youth at uh, the International Sportsman's Exposition. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPN. Dire Straits. I love Dire Straits. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. Normally, you'll catch us 9 to 11 on the fan every Saturday morning. But uh, because of NCAA basketball, we're over here with our friends on ESPN from 10 to noon. But if you like what you hear, check us out and follow us. Go to our Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Anytime we have to change stations or times, we'll post it there. Also, we talk a lot about what's coming up on the show. And we post links to some of the podcasts of the interviews we do there, too. In addition to if Karen and I get out, we give some updated fishing reports. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, follow it. We also are going to start doing trivia again pretty soon. And the winner of the trivia or the answer to the trivia is almost always on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, he's a frequent contributor, started his fishing career with the Fisherman staff up at Camp Fish. You hear him on uh, the show all the time. He's a guide. He's a very accomplished angler, and he's also a very accomplished uh, waterfall hunter. That's Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. Uh, it, it's, it's a good thing it's not duck season right now because they'd be flying high today. Uh, that they would be. Uh, this, <laughs> this warm weather is, uh, is not conducive for waterfowl hunting but i tell you what it sure gets the fishing bug going with starting to see ponds and stuff opening up oh it really does i have checked out of ice fishing and i've been getting my open water gear ready i am ready to go so what are you seeing up here like at boyd and some of the ponds and smaller lakes you know i was by boyd on thursday and it still is with the exception of one little area that on the south end that the geese were keeping open all winter long, it still is ice capped and uh, has quite a few, you know, quite a few inches of that slushy ice still there. So I think it's still going to be a little while to get that uh, to where it's ice free or even where the edges are able to be fishable. So if I was telling someone up here in the northern or northeast part of the state. Start checking out the ponds. If you really have the bug, those ponds have become ice-free. They're starting to warm up. The fish life, you know, the activity's going, and the state's starting to stock some trout in these ponds. So for the next week, 10 days, I'd really be targeting the ponds unless you want to start looking at, you know, some of the streams, whether it's the Big Thompson or, you know, the St. Brain, some of those areas if you want to go up and, and catch some trout right as they come out of the mountains there. You know, this is a good time to follow the stocking report, too, because they're going to be putting trout. You know, they stock the front range pretty heavily in early spring and then before the water gets too warm, and they want you to catch those fish. And if you have trouble finding it, as soon as the fishing report comes out, Karen puts it on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and there's a link there to the stocking report. And if you just want to go out, you know, Brad, and catch some fish or take a kid out and catch some fish, 
following that those stockfish and simple techniques from shore, it, it can be just an unbelievably good time. Oh, it can. And, and as you've talked about with several of your prior guests today, this time of year for shore anglers, not just for walleye or trout, even the bass guys, this is in panfish, this is probably for the next, from now until the middle of May, this is prime time for the shore anglers to get in and, and catch a lot of fish, possibly the biggest fish of the year that they're going to catch. So, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And that's actually uh, what my Thursday seminar at ISE is going to be on, is on uh, how, to, how to improve your shore fishing success. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about ISE. We've got some special things going on, and we're going to do some special things on Sunday. Before we get to Sunday, what other presentations are you doing at ISE? I'm doing the Secrets to Shore Fishing Success at 3.30 on Thursday, and then I will be on with uh, Nate and Dustin at uh, 4.30 on Friday on the walleye panel. And as you said, that's if you're just wanting to learn how to walleye fish, if you're an experienced angler but you get stumped with, you know, one particular thing, that's a great opportunity to get out there, get a diverse uh, group of opinions from you know, several different anglers and, and really kind of um, improve your walleye skills right as the prime time for catching some of those bigger walleyes is happening. Yeah, that walleye panel is always well attended, and, and it's amazing how I host that and you guys are there and we take questions from the audience. And, you know, it, we're not always on the same page exactly. Now, a lot of things we are, but a lot of times – you and myself and Nate, and I'm sure Dustin, it's his first time on the panel, approach things differently. And that doesn't mean anybody's wrong. We're just going by the experience and what worked for us. And people can glean a lot of information sometimes by comparing what we say. Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, I know Nate and I often are very different in, in how we approach, you know, jig weights or, or lines that we use. But if you were to put both of us out on a body of water, at the same condition on a jig bite, we're both going to catch fish with what we feel confident in. That's not to say that the other person's pattern isn't going to catch fish. It's just, it's what we're confident in. And it may help, you know, open up the eyes of anglers to, to other opportunities or techniques to use. I also want to talk now about Sunday. You and I started, and Karen, of course, started putting together a special day Sunday. Now, that doesn't mean if you're an advanced angler that we're not going to have information for you. But we put together some seminars and some giveaways, and we kind of aim it at families, we call it. You know, it, you could say beginning anglers. You could say teaching kids to fish and then getting women more into fishing. And we really focus on that, and we call it Family Day Sunday. And we have got, first of all, Eagle Claw has stepped up, Eagle Claw slash Wright McGill, and donated 50 rods and reels. Then we're going to have other tackle that people like Shields and Jacks and uh, even IEC themselves have donated. So we're going to have a lot of tackle just to give to beginning anglers, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's we started this, well, considering we've, we missed a year or so with uh, COVID there, but we started this probably four or five years ago, and it is one of the most enjoyable se seminars. My seminar is at one thirty on Sunday. So let's get started. It's basically, you know, I'm going to cover how to get started fishing, how to take a new angler out, 
Um, but those basic techniques that can get people out there and catching fish, and one of the best parts about it is, you know, we have a lot of manufacturers that supply product that we're able to give to the kids, and it's good product, product we know that's going to go out and catch fish. And a couple times, you know, I've had kids come back the next year saying, hey, you know that, that thing you taught us about slip, you know, floats and how to use those? I went out and I caught my biggest bluegill ever doing that. Or, you know, someone else may find a, a new body of water to fish. And just seeing that enthusiasm there and, you know, the, the one story of the, the little girl who was dragging her dad around that first year that we were doing it to make sure that she got to the seminar and got a fishing rod. That's what makes it so special, just getting those people out there and getting them excited about going fishing. It really is, and we'll give more details next Saturday, but Karen, I imagine we're going to probably have people starting to sign up about 1 o'clock on Sunday for the free free rods and reels. Well, one thirty is the seminar. One fifteen. So she says about one fifteen, Brad, at your seminar. And what we do is we give out first come first serve tickets for the pri- for the rods, and then you you get them. You get to get your rod after the seminar. But we'll get those details out there next Saturday for sure. But it's always a great great time for us, Brad, and we just really enjoy it. Uh, it's just so much fun. And there's going to be seminars on beginning fishing on family. There's going to be women's fishing seminars and. It just—it's really a great family day, and I agree with you. Some of the most rewarding things is—is is watching those kids leave. And you know something else this year, Brad, is we've always done this in January, and the kids had to take that rod home and set it in the corner somewhere. They're going to be able to take the rods and tackle they get free on Sunday, uh, as long as it lasts. So hopefully, we're going to be able to give rods to fifty kids and tackle to a bunch more. But they're going to take be able to take it and go fishing the next the next weekend. Yeah, they will be able to do it, you know, real quick and, um, you know, get out there. And, and it's probably really good because, at least for me, when I learn something, I want to get out there and utilize it, you know, for, from a seminar. I want to get out and utilize it right away so I can kind of make sure that that really gets sunk into my memory. And that's what this is going to be primed for. You know, we'll talk about different things, different techniques, and you'll be able to go out and try some of those things. And, you know, hopefully catch some fish with them in the, you know, in the short time right, you know, past the seminar there. Yeah, we got to go, Brad. We're out of time, but I will see you next week. I'm sure we'll see a lot of each other at ISE and looking forward to seeing all the people coming to talk to us. Looking forward to it, Terry. All right. Thank you so much. That's Brad Peterson. Great. Always a great resource for the show. And we are so pumped about our Sunday family day fishing at the International Sportsman's Exhibition. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to change things up. We're going to talk to the folks from Colorado Clays, and we're going to get you ready for turkey hunting right here on Terry Wicksham Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. From our heated moments, there grew a tender love. For all that she has given me, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 1600 ESPM. Of course, that was another Wickstrom and Dobrith song. Check us out on social media or your favorite streaming service. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Clays is JR. Good morning, JR. Hey, good morning, Terry. 
You know, Jr. Before we start, I gotta say, I gotta give away something here. So just hang on for two seconds. You know, Brad and I were talking about we're gonna have uh, a set of fifty free certain types of gear for kids that we're going to give away Sunday at ISE. So there's 50 of these for kids that we're giving away free. First person that texts 303-713-1043 and tells Karen what we're giving away 50 of on Sunday gets two tickets to ISE and no, JR, you are not eligible. I know you act like like Even though I'm going to be there anyway, I could use those tickets for somebody. Yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> we'll get to what you're doing at I. You're going to be at ISC, and we'll talk. Well, let's start out there. I want to talk turkey hunting with you, but um, you're going to be at ISC, and of course, it's a little different for you this at the show because you're actually going to be there with the the parks people. Is that right? That is right, Terry. And you know, you know, Colorado Clays has a booth at the ISC every year, and you know, we'll not only be there this year, but we'll have our booth in with our new partners, Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And it's really the perfect setup, Terry, because anyone attending the ISE really needs to stop at the Colorado Clays booth and the Parks and Wildlife booth so they know what's going on with everything outdoors in Colorado. Now, we always love seeing customers and friends of Colorado Clays at the show, and we um, you know, can't wait to see them again. We certainly talked to many folks who didn't even realize that they live so close to Colorado's premier public shooting facility, uh, but there are so many people who may have heard about Colorado Clays on perhaps the Terry Wickstrom show or seen or heard our ads, heard about us from friends, uh, seen our website, et cetera, Terry, but just have not actually been out to our range and may have some questions about specifics that can only be answered by talking to one of us in person. And that's the real value of our booth at the ISE. So if you're a beginner or maybe new to shooting sports or a new gun owner, uh, you need to come to the Colorado Clays booth. If you're just a general firearms enthusiast, a hunter, a competitive shooter, or just an individual looking for some place to enjoy your firearms, you need to stop at the Colorado Clays booth. Or perhaps, Terry, even if you're someone looking for the perfect place to have a shooting event, whether it's friends and family, bachelor, bachelorette parties, etc., a corporate or company event, uh, perhaps a fundraiser for any cause and of any size, you need to stop at the Colorado Clays booth and talk to myself or Corey. And that has nothing to say of our concealed carry classes, our rifle and pistol and shotgun clinics, gift cards, clothing, uh, lessons, everything else. So uh, make a point uh, if you're listening to come at the ISE. All right, my friend, I want to talk turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is right around the corner. And usually by this time, you and I have dedicated a couple shows to patterning your turkey gun. Now, I talked to several of the big box stores, including Jack's, and right now, they're comfortable with the amount of ammo they have for turkey hunting, but it may not last. And if you're going to go out and pattern your gun, the first thing I would do would go make sure you buy enough ammo to pattern the gun and then go take it out to your place. And then once I get there, what are you going to help me with? Well, man, Terry, that is such a good point. So let's just start here. What is the Colorado Clay shotgun pattern area? Well, it is a section of our property dedicated solely 
to the patterning of shotguns. Uh, it consists of a couple stands with cross members designed to hold a 42-inch by 42-inch square sheet of cardboard with an aiming point or a target attached to it. Um, this field has yardages from 20 to 50 yards marked off with ground signs so a person can perform tests appropriate for the type of intended shooting. And, of course, what can a person learn from a session on the Colorado Clays uh, shotgun pattern area? Well, first and foremost, Terry, and we talk about this, regardless of whether we're hunting, uh, competitive shooting, recreational, whatever, is our point of aim versus our point of impact. And uh, what we mean by that is if you take a good stance, have a good gun mount, a good sight picture, a good shot and follow through on an aim point, where will your pattern land in relation to that aim point? So, for example, if it's 50-50, that means half of your pattern is above, half of it is below, and half either side of that aim point. I will say that most guns seem to come out of the box shooting a 60-40 to 70-30 pattern um, uh, distribution or um, uh, sectioning. So a lot of people have specific needs. For example, trap shooters, those guns, they like those to shoot sometimes 80% high because they like to see the target on top of the barrel. So point of aim and point of impact can be adjusted uh, by having either your gun fit or making adjustments with the shims and stuff you have with the gun. Uh, Terry, once that is established, people like to check their gun choke, uh, ammo load, compatibility, and performance characteristics. And this is what we really talk about every year with the turkey patterning. And, you know, what that includes is your pattern diameter at a given distance, the pellet inclusion within that main pattern diameter, which is basically how many flyer pellets you may have outside of that, our pattern density, meaning are the pellets close enough together at that given range to ensure enough pellets on the intended target for the desired results, and, of course, pattern distribution within that um, uh, diameter, meaning are the pellets equally distributed to ensure that there are not holes within the pattern that could allow for the target to escape even if it was within the main pattern. And uh, there are variables that can change the results, and the desired results will vary based on the type of shooting or hunting you're planning. So like you said, Terry, one of those variables is, of course, the ammunition or load you choose. And getting the same load to pattern with that you are going to hunt with is really paramount because things change so much on the way a gun patterns based on uh, that load, including the shot size, the shot charge, meaning how much shot is in the shell, uh, the shot composition, whether it's lead or steel, muzzle velocities, powder types and burn rates, etc. So it is extremely important, like you said, to make sure that we get the ammo we're going to hunt with to pattern with. Now, of course, what we're trying to do is let you know the limitations of your firearm, the way it's set up with that ammunition, so you know what's a reasonable shot for you, and make sure your point of aim is is proper. That's the initial thing. But what if I'm not happy with it? Do I need to buy a new gun? Can I try a different load? Can I try a choke? What have you seen that can help the most? Well, Terry, uh, going back to the loads, if you are a turkey hunter and you have purchased turkey hunting specific loads you will notice there are a few things with those loads that are a little different than others 
And one of those is generally a slower muzzle velocity. And we have found over the years that the lower velocity tends to pattern better out of a given choke gun combination. Now, uh, the next thing you're going to be looking at is your choke. Of course, turkey hunters generally use a full, extra full, or turkey-specific um, choke. Now, the, the, some of those can be factory chokes, and some are aftermarket chokes. We have noticed in the choke department that spending the money for an aftermarket choke, and particularly an extended choke, uh, gives better results with everything else being the same than some of the factory chokes. Um, so, obviously, the rate at which and the manner at which the pellets are forced through a, uh, a given diameter at the end of the barrel changes how they perform at distance. So, spending some money on an aftermarket choke designed for the type of hunting you're doing can certainly pay dividends. One thing I will say, of course, different guns, barrel lengths, types, whether you're using a pump, a semi-automatic, a brake gun, does not seem to be as big of a contributing factor to a good uh, pattern downrange as does the choke and the ammo. So something to think about there. And of course, gun fit, um, being familiar with your gun, uh, the type of sights you're using, and all those can also be variables in your consistency um, doing a particular type of shooting. Yeah, I know there's so many other things that we need to get into, but they can stop by ISE and talk to you about it. And one of them that really surprised me, and we're going to run out of time here real quick, but your shooting position can really affect your impact. And Terry, you know, that's one of those that you would never really think about. And another reason uh, to spend a session on the Colorado Place patterning area. We did notice over the years here, there is some difference in point of aim, point of impact, based solely on your shooting position, whether it was standing, sitting with a rest, or sitting down on the ground using your knees as a rest. And the one uh, result that we did notice is that people in general had a tendency to shoot higher when they are in the sitting position. And it seems to be some dynamic with the way the head is on the gun uh, and resting on the knees versus uh, having everything up. And it seems to be somewhat due to the crouch that uh, people tend to do, meaning they're taking their face to the gun rather than the gun to their face due to the arch of their back. So something to definitely check if you're going to be sitting against a tree or even shooting a little uphill, come out to Colorado Clays and confirm your point of aim, point of impact um, on all of the positions that you may encounter in the field. We are out of time, but other than the International Sportsman's Expo, Expo, how do people get a hold of you? Terry, give us a call, 303-659-7117. Go to our website, coloradoclays.com. Take a look at everything there and certainly take the virtual tour. Uh, get a look at our facility. And like I said, come to the ISE, uh, talk to us, and we'll make sure we take care of any needs you have. All right, my friend. We'll see you down there. Thanks, Terry. You bet. J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. Normally, you can find us from 9 to 11 on 104.3 The Fan. If you like the kind of information you heard on the show today, Follow us over there every Saturday when there's a major sporting event on the fan. We 
come over here to our friends at uh, at ESPN, and we go from ten to noon. Also, make sure and follow us. <coughs> excuse me on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and there's going to be several reasons, especially especially this week. Um, we're going to be talking about next Saturday's show. Karen's going to post information on the fact that we'll still be giving away tickets next Saturday and putting them in will call. So if you're coming Saturday or Sunday, you may still have a chance to win tickets. Also on the, the Facebook post, you've been hearing me talk that we have about we have about 50 rods and reels, and we have some tackle packs to give away to kids. And while those last, we want to give them away. And we're going to do that with kind of a ticket. When you show up, it'll happen around 1.15 on Sunday. But we'll have the final instructions on how that's going to work. And we certainly want kids to come out and give away as many of those as we can. We hope all of them and a bunch of tackle packs. We can have as many kids as possible leave with some kind of a fishing tackle or rod. But we're hoping to at least give out stuff to about 75 kids, so including the 50 rods and reels. So we're really looking forward to that. So follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook uh, to make sure that you understand how that's going to work. Join us at ISEA. Karen and I will be there. We're hosting the fishing theater. We don't have a tank this year, but the presentations will be in a fishing theater. And Karen and I will be hosting that every day. And we're going to be there um Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thursday, it's from 12 to 7. Saturday, it's from 10 to 6. And Sunday, it's from 10 to 4. And I'll tell you the truth. We haven't done a show now for a couple of years. Uh, we lose contact with people. I'm really looking forward to seeing the fans of the show, the people that follow us on social media, uh, people who follow us on our other uh, entities, like our YouTube channel. By the way, if you're a local Colorado angler, uh, we did 22 seasons of television. We did two shows. We did um, Terry, Mountain States Fishing and Angling Adventures. They're all on YouTube under the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. About half of those are filmed right here in your backyard. A lot of the fishing we talk about on this show, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see me on that body of water fishing those techniques. And even though they're legacy shows from the past, still a lot of great information. So check that out. Also, of course, during the course of the show, you've heard us uh, talk about Wickstrom and Dobreth, our music. It's uh, it's kind of a dipping my toe back in the music industry after decades being out, along with Hall of Fame uh, uh, guitar player Mark Dobreth. And, uh, you know, check us out on social media, Wickstrom and Dobreth, or go to your favorite streaming service, listen to the songs. We'd love, would love to get your feedback, and it's kind of fun. We're just doing it as more just because we both were pretty ingrained in the music industry years ago, and we're kind of reliving our past, so we hope you can do that with us. But the main thing on this show is we bring you the outdoor information. Tune in. If you like here and you're new to the show, you just discovered it on ESPN, follow us over to The Fan. Uh, we'll be back there next week on The Fan from uh, from 9 to 11, and when something comes up, you, we'll post it on our Facebook page Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, if we get bumped over or moved. But follow us, you know, follow us on social media and enjoy the outdoors. We've got a beautiful weekend. You need to get out there and really take advantage of it. I want to thank Karen for putting this show together and keeping me in line. And I want to thank Michael back at the station for keeping us on the air and smooth. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports on ESPN. <laughs>